We would like to say a special thank you to Tim and Connie Larson for sponsoring this week's episode. However you go about it, you're going to have to start understanding what baptism is and what it's doing for us. Um, and it's a, just a constant question because uh, it's just so strange to think that baptism is God giving you a promise. Uh, that this word comes to you in the water um, and in un thinkable, completely gracious way that this unbreakable promise just arrives to you without you asking for it, desiring it, or even uh, um, doing anything to bring it upon yourself. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In this week's lectionary text, Jesus is seeking out John to be baptized, and John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Before having the heavens opened to Jesus and the Spirit descending like a dove. Adam Curie and I ask Lars Olson, what is baptism? Why do we need to be baptized? And Why does Jesus need to be baptized too? Lars teaches us that Jesus is baptized, not because he needs to be, but for us, so that we can be found in him. He took our sin and gave us his righteousness. God's righteousness enters the world through Christ and comes to us in baptism. Let's get to it. Here's Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all of righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Lars Olson with us this week. Thanks for being here, Lars. Oh, Mason, let me tell you, the pleasure is all on this side of the so table. So anyway, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're here to open the heavens, as they say. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, Kiri wanted to ask just a, a little oh, bit more about you, <laughs> Lars, uh, before we begin. Uh, I know we've had you on the podcast a couple times, but... Um, maybe if our listeners knew one or two th- more things about you, that this would be. <laughs> yeah, like I've got one wife, uh, four kids, and a dog. Uh, yeah. What else do you need to know? You just went to Spain. Yeah, we actually did did just get back from Spain. We were in there yeah. in Spain for about ten days. That was a nice trip. Yeah. How many different cities did you visit? Um, Madrid, Sevilla, Cordoba, Granada, four. Nice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a nice trip. Yeah. What what suggestions would you give to people if they were to go to Spain? 
uh, see the countryside of Spain. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's good. Yeah. We saw a really nice place called the Alhambra. I'd never heard of it, but it was uh, it's an old fortress in the southern part of Spain. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. All right. I'll yeah. put that as the episode title and uh, that'll really get the people going. All right. Is this a spinoff to our travel, our Luther House travel sub uh, yeah. blog? If that yeah. means we get to travel, yes. Luther House so, yes, sponsored El Camino. Is that the name of the, <laughs> the yeah. trail? Mm-hmm. That would be fun. That'd be awesome. Uh, that would be great. Well, El Camino Real. Uh, yeah, exactly. Pastor Lars leads it. Uh, <laughs> well, we're in uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, this week uh, for the baptism of our Lord, uh, the third chapter. And maybe uh, just to begin, uh, Lars, that you can just give us a little context uh, as far as uh, where we're at in Matthew and uh, anything else that might be of interest. Sure. Well, in Advent, we heard a lot about John the Baptist um, proclaiming repentance of and forgiveness for the uh, repentance for the forgiveness of sins and uh, calling out the Pharisees as a brood of vipers. Um, had all the l- good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. And uh, and so we've heard up until this text um, that we have today, starting on verse thirteen, um, already in Advent, just a couple of weeks ago. So I'm I'm always amazed how much we can pack into that that space between. You know, um, I am well pleased at the end of this and, uh, or when Jesus, at the beginning of this one, when it says, then Jesus, and at the end, when, when, uh, John the Baptist was waiting for Jesus to come saying, I'm unworthy to untie, to carry his sandals. Mm -hmm. Um, we've had weeks of, uh, of other readings, uh, between that, that Mm -hmm. just on that one little spot. So, but that's where we are today, uh, past John the Baptist saying he's coming, uh, you brood of vipers, um, and baptizing uh, in the Jordan. Now here comes Jesus after uh, the wise men, after all the Christmas hubbub and all those kinds of things. Here Jesus comes down to the Jordan to be baptized by John, just as John was expecting him to come. Well, that leads us into probably a good uh, question to ask. What is baptism? Why do we need to be baptized? In speci- and before I think we need to answer those things before we can ask the question, why does Jesus need to be baptized? Yeah, there's, I mean, however you go about it, you're going to have to start understanding what baptism is and what it's doing for us. Um, And it's just a constant question because uh, it's just so strange to think that baptism is God giving you a promise, Uh, that this word comes to you in the water um, in an unthinkable, completely gracious way that this unbreakable promise just arrives to you without you asking for it, desiring it, or even uh, um, doing anything to bring it upon yourself. That is surprising. And that's the reason why baptism is attacked from all corners, because it leaves you nothing to do. It gives you uh, no space to uh, escape or run. It puts everything on God's shoulders. It puts everything in God's hands. Puts everything in God's promise to be for Him to be faithful to that, um, and then we just have to hear that tr- word and trust in it. Um, I, I don't know if Mason asked uh, why does Christ need to be baptized, or maybe the, the question before this is why does John prevent him, or why does John attempt to prevent him? Because it's uh, all throughout the uh, uh, the narrative, it, it feels as if Christ is just. Uh, always against some sort of opposition. And you would think that John would would be for him in this yeah, way. <laughs> you would think that, right? Because uh, he's expecting him. He's yeah. looking for him. Yeah. Uh, and on one hand, you think John just is saying, I'm unworthy, and so I shouldn't be uh, doing this. There's, this should go a different way, which gives you one idea of baptism, that it's kind of 
passed on from the holy and righteous to the holy and righteous, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, That you can't go up the ladder in this or something like that. That's Mm -hmm. at least some of what John is thinking, that he is unworthy to do that. Um, Which gets at a little bit about what we're talking about, baptism, that, that, that this isn't the pastor or the righteous passing this on to the other righteous. This is God's work. God is the baptizer, as we see here in, in, in Matthew chapter 3. Um, it's not uh, somehow uh, you raise yourself up to be at a certain spot or you make a decision for Christ in this way, and therefore you can be baptized. Uh, there's a whole set of people everywhere you turn that say things like uh, baptism is nothing more than a symbol or a sign of what's already within you. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. once that can come out and you can make your choice or confession of, of mm-hmm. Jesus, then you can be baptized because it was already inside yeah. of you. Instead, baptism is God giving you a promise, not from within you, but from him, right? From God, mm-hmm. straight to you. So it's not uh, pulling out what was already inside of you. It's giving you something you could never have mm-hmm. in, your, in yourself. Mm-hmm. I know I talked to a gentleman a few weeks ago who said that he has been baptized three times now, which I know some people who've been baptized much more than that. Many, many. But one thing he said, and so this leads me into a question for you, but he said the last time he was baptized, it was with his daughter. They were baptized on the same day. Wasn't that special? And the pastor let him do the baptizing Absolutely. of his daughter. So my question... It's more meaningful that way, right? Yes. It is. Because, and people feel like this. And it's an experience, mm-hmm. an experiential thing now that you can add your own meaning into rather than this is just God's promise being given to you. Sorry to cut you off your question. <laughs> no, all good things, Lars, all good things. <laughs> but no, my question for you, who can baptize? Who can baptize? Who can baptize? Because we're talking about John baptizing Jesus right now. Mason and I are not ordained. Would we be able to baptize as well as baptize? Not if you have a question like that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. No, of course. Of course. Uh, If somebody comes and asks you for a baptism, you say, uh, here is water. Uh, Let me give you the promise. Now, the problem is most people don't trust that, and they think there has to be some sort of special touch. Maybe it's ordination. Mm. Maybe it's, like John is thinking, it's some sort of special hierarchy that has to come involved. Um, But rather, it's simply, I have this word, and God has sent me out to give it. And that's exactly what Jesus does at the end of Matthew. Mm -hmm. Go and baptize. Mm -hmm. So you touched on it a little. Sorry, we can move on in a sec. But not yet. Um, We touched on it a little. What does someone need in order to baptize? Uh, they need to know that this word is doing. It's what it says. They, mm-hmm. they trust it. They say, I have it and I can give it away without losing anything because God is sending us out to baptize, mm-hmm. to give this assurance of faith. That's what the word is doing. It's not pulling out something that's within inside of you. It's giving you a word to believe. So that this word from God comes like it does today and says, this is my son, the beloved with whom I'm well pleased. And it sits there in your, in your ear, on your heart. And it, and so that when you go through life's trials and struggles, when everything else looks like it's uh, falling apart around you, you say, I have that promise to believe. It gives you the assurance, not of uh, your own inner character, but of God's faithfulness to his promise. Which sets up the question really well that Jesus is looking for John to be baptized. So, right. 
thank you for teeing up what the what baptism is and why it's important. But now it leads up to the question: Why does Jesus need to be baptized? Does Jesus need exactly. to hear that same promise right. that He's the one that's delivering it? Well, see, and that's where it gets really hairy because people look and say, "Well, Jesus was baptized, and look how holy He was within Himself," and and they get all twisted around and pulled into the wrong into the wrong questions, rather than seeing what's going to happen to Jesus now. He's going to go into the world uh, in order to take the sin of the world to himself, physically, literally, uh, actually, right? Uh, So he's going around to sinners, taking their sin from them. Mm -hmm. So he is not the sinner, but he is becoming the only sinner in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he, what he's going to experience then, you guys all know the story of the gospel, is not uh, open arms and everybody saying, yes, I'm so glad you've come to save us, but rather, please stop doing that. Go away. We like the world, the mm-hmm. world we have as we want it. And you're coming to ruin this. And so what Jesus is getting in his baptism is a promise from his father that even when he's going and being rejected by everyone he's come to save, remember, he's come to save those of his own. <laughs> He's come to save those who should be saying, God, come and help us. Rather, they're going to be the ones saying, crucify him, putting him on the cross. So that they're in their rejection, in their sin. He's not listening to what they think of him. He's only got the promise from God in their ears, which is exactly what baptism does for us. Whatever you're going through, you know what God thinks of you. You are mine. I have called you by name. Nothing will take me from your hand. All of these things. So, John... so Jesus is baptized, I, could, I should say, very specifically, not because he needs to be baptized, but for us, that we would be found in him, him having taken our sin and given us his righteousness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So is that what he's kind of saying in verse 15? Because John asked that similar question. Um John asked, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Mm-hmm. And that's where Jesus answered him and said, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Right. So what does it mean to fulfill all righteousness yeah. in this way, right? Uh, does it mean that um, that there were a series of steps laid out and we have to follow each and every one so that it, we did it in the right way? No. What Jesus is talking about is doing God's will. God's will is righteousness, right? And so when we're doing God's will, what does that mean but believing his word, believing his promise? Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is actually here starting to move away from a righteousness according to the law, which is what John seems to want, <laughs> right? Uh, let's follow all the, uh, all the proper ways of doing this, and I'm not the one who's worthy to do it. We got to find somebody more uh, worthy than I to baptize you. No, you're higher up than I am. You come and do it to me. All of these things are, Jesus Jesus just blows right past them and says, no, no, no. All righteousness is going to be fulfilled in this way, mm-hmm. by giving God's word and believing it. Mm-hmm. That's what righteousness, or we might call justification, is going to look like. In the midst of our sin, where we disbelieve what God has said to us, the word comes and says, you are my beloved son. Mm-hmm. You believe that, and there is righteousness. It's a righteousness uh, that exceeds uh, that of the of the Pharisees and the scribes, because it's not of the law. Mm-hmm. It is now purely of the gospel, mm-hmm. God's gracious gift given without your deserving. 
So yeah, that's what Jesus is after. He's actually saying, in my baptism, we're going to shift. Uh, we're, a, a whole new existence is going to come into the world here, right? Uh, we're going to start moving away from saying, uh, how do we make sure that all righteousness is fulfilled that we can do to saying, how can all of God's righteousness come into the world? It's going to happen in Christ, and it's coming to us through baptism. So uh, we hear uh, from Mark, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, And this is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I'm well pleased. I know we talked a little bit before um, about this, uh, the heavens opening and what it means for the heavens to open. Maybe you can just uh, provide us a little more insight uh, for that, uh, Lars? Or... Yeah. So, I mean, think of this. Jesus is in the water and he comes up and and here heaven is open to him, right? Um, uh, but we would think of it something like a, like a window, right? Like, uh, like this window that he can look through and see heaven. And so then he's down on earth kind of uh, uh, slumming it like, like, oh man, why can't I get back through that little window? Uh, but heaven is open to him because the dove comes and the voice is given. Mm -hmm. That's what heaven is doing. And so Jesus isn't just saying like, oh my gosh, the, the, the heavens are, uh, are, uh, uh, are so far off from me, but rather um, the heavens are open to him. He's shown that where he is now, uh, the kingdom of God also will be. Mm -hmm. He's got God's word yeah. and the spirit with him on this. And he has his father's word too. This is my son, the beloved. That is the word yeah. he's given. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, um, yes, and it, it's, uh, it's opened to him um, in the sense that uh, now it is uh, here, wherever he is walking to, he has access to it. Does that make sense? Uh, it's not just like a, you know, the, the door was open and then it was shut. Uh, it was, he, he is the access to heaven mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm. And so if you read through the gospel of Matthew, Jesus is opening all sorts of things, right? Uh, he's opening eyes of the blind and he's opening doors of those who are knocking and um even at the end, uh, at his crucifixion, uh, the tombs of the dead are opened uh, that they might come out. Um, but really soon, right after his temptation, as he begins uh, the Sermon on the Mount, it says that he opened his mouth. Uh, that is this, this word that he's giving uh, in all of these places, opening eyes or opening tombs. These are all signs of the kingdom of God entering into a world that doesn't want it. Mm -hmm. And it's coming uh, through Jesus' word so that he opens his big mouth and starts to speak the words of forgiveness to the world. Okay, so we've heard, especially this last verse, verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved with whom I, whom I am well pleased. We've heard this a lot in preaching. It's written up on walls in youth groups, all of this stuff. Um, the rest of this gospel reading we haven't heard is... I mean, we've heard in different it's ways. Familiar. It's not as familiar. Um, what is the most important part of it? And maybe it is verse 17, but what is the most important part of this to preach on Sunday mornings when you're in the pulpit? Well, I mean, always you're wanting to preach how uh, Christ is saving saving us. Um, but I, I think there's a number of ways to go at this if if you're hearing this familiarly a lot, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. we hear this yearly at the baptism of our Lord. But I think you could spend a lot of time um, uh, in either saying, uh, what does it mean that John would have prevented him? And then he, you know, uh, comes back to consent if we want to... Um, 
get into that a little bit. Um, it's, it's, you know, he's not agreeing, uh, and finally, um, um, you know, cooperating, uh, it's that he prevented him and Jesus frees him. Uh, he lets it be, or he, uh, uses this word of forgiveness to Mm. him to release him to do so. And that word of consent is then one of, uh, not, uh, he agrees, but he is freed to do so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm. he is finally, uh, relieved of having to have it done all right to Mm -hmm. do that righteousness. So you could start in the beginning and, uh, talk about what it, what it would look like and get down into what baptism means. Um, what baptism does to us by talking about it's not about how we uh, consent or don't consent, uh, how we are always trying to prevent baptism from taking roots because it takes over our whole life. Mm -hmm. Uh, That could be one kind of sermon. I think another one would be um, um, what it means to this eschatological word of of the end times, the end things, the last things coming here as the, the heavens are open. Because of course, if heaven is open to you, then this world is over, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the beginning of the new and the end of the old, which is exactly what John was preaching about before this, right? That when when this one comes, uh, he's going to burn it all down. It's all going to go away. And that's exactly what's happening in Jesus, that uh, this isn't a nice, kind little word of kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, look at the cute little baptism that Jesus went through. Uh, <laughs> this is Jesus taking the sin of the world, destroying it, by being destroyed, by dying, so that he would be free and to free us from all sin. And on that note, we've reached the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Lars Olson for teaching us that Jesus was baptized, not because he needed to be, but it was for us. Jesus took our sin and gave us his righteousness. God's righteousness enters the world through Christ and comes to us in the promise delivered in our baptism. I want to invite you to listen to Luther House of Studies' newest podcast, Sing to the Lord. Martin Luther said, Next to the word of God, the art of music is the greatest treasure in the world. To understand the importance of hymnody in the Lutheran Church, Lars Olson and I sit down with Zachary Brockhoff each week to discuss the lectionary's hymns, their meaning in history, and how the music preaches the gospel. We hope you enjoy this new venture. Follow or subscribe to Sing to the Lord to hear the weekly episodes. Links to Sing to the Lord are in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God's promise was delivered to you in your baptism. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.